Mercury, Mercury Stardust She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night Mercury, Mercury Stardust She'll teach you how to make it all alright Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury and I'm the trans handy ma'am My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in the DIY space Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Thank you for tuning in. I am joined with my co-host, Maggie Conrad. Hey, everybody. <laughs> They're so crazy for you, Maggie. Maggie's also my business operation manager, or my business partner, and is basically the smart person out of the both of us. <laughs> I'm just the crazy person who does drywall. <laughs> you have the ideas. I just make them happen. Yeah, I have too many ideals, some would say. <laughs> but Maggie, we are here today to talk about DIY and to do all the compassionate, compassion stuff. Um, so we've had one hell of a busy week today already. Um, I just announced my retirement from burlesque yesterday. I know I've been doing it. You just snapped it. (laughs) Very impressive. Um, I have been doing burlesque for 15 years. And I am now finally hanging up my G-string. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to focus on whatever the heck this is. And I'm really nervous about it, to be quite honest. But um, Maggie has helped me with that decision. And now we're going to be focusing more on this. But my last date of performances is on December 16th. And if you're thinking, Mercury, I'm too far away for you. I could never possibly watch you perform. You were wrong because we have an online version of my weekly burlesque show called Five Star Tees. You can watch every Friday until December 16th. Uh, tickets are available at our website, mercurystardust.com. Shameless promotions. <laughs> Which is the only reason you start a podcast, to be honest. <laughs> the only reason, yeah, really. The, the only reason you start. Self-promo. Yes, self-promo is what a <laughs> podcast basically is. But Maggie, we're here today to um, help some folks. So should we help some folks? Let's do it. Meow, meow. <laughs> Hi, Mercury. This is Kaya from Mechanic Shop Them, And I have a question for your new podcast. I'm fat, and that means I have a lot of problems with toilets, as ridiculous as that sounds. Basically, every apartment I've ever lived in, the toilet seat has loosened and came off entirely. But this time, the entire toilet is moving. Like, I sit down, and it kind of rocks back and forth. Is there a special extra sturdy toilet and toilet seat I can buy to solve this problem? Thank you so much. Wishing you so much luck on the podcast. Kaya, it's so good to hear from you. I love Kaya. I follow her on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, so do I. We just had a famous person call in. I feel so achieved in life. But that all being said, first and foremost, it's not silly at all to have this problem. A lot of people have this problem. And I think that the way that toilets are designed is basically they're just two screws into a flange that hold it all together. And that flange is underneath your toilet that kind of like holds it together into the drain pipe itself. And it's really not that much. It doesn't take that much to bend those or to make those loose. So kind of let's go over some things that we can do. I did some digging here and I found some really cool answers. First and foremost, every single person, anytime I've ever done any toilet related thing, Maggie, I get questions about toilet seats. 
Everyone has the same problems. These toilet seats are always coming undone. I have this problem too. Oh, yeah. As a bigger person myself. <laughs> so I have found uh, a really wonderful toilet seat that is actually designed not to ever loosen up again. Oh, wow. So these toilet seats that are out there, often the reason why we use nylon screws is because we don't want to damage the porcelain, right? But there's screws out there in toilet seats that have partially nylon covering. And then a metal screw underneath there. So it can hold so much tighter, right? So it's a metal school screw that has nylon covering it up. So it's not going to damage the porcelain. Now, the, the brand of this one is a Demi's, Demi's Heavy Duty Toilet Seat, okay? This is a B-E-M-I, okay? Don't know how to say that. Be-me. Be-me? Is it pronounced be-me? 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 Benny, Benny, we go way back. <laughs> but anyways, so it's a wonderful toilet seat that can actually make it work for you. That's probably not going to loosen up. It guarantees it'll never loosen up. And I actually am willing to believe it because it had amazing ratings online. And honestly, the mechanics of it, mechanic shop fan, huh? <laughs> the mechanics of it actually make a lot of sense because the major problem is that those nylon nuts and those nylon bolts crack they deteriorate if you have them on for five, six, seven, eight years, right, or longer. That nylon's gonna get real brittle, and that's why it's gonna start loosening and stuff like that. It's gonna lose threads over time, essentially. But with a metal nut, you're not gonna necessarily, or a metal bolt, you're not gonna have that problem as well. Now, as far as toilet seats that are designed for fat bodies, they're colder makes the best toilets, period, in my opinion. Kohler also makes ones designed for larger bodies from heights to weights. I think they're wonderful. There's a whole bunch of Kohler specific fat bodied toilets out there that I highly recommend. And I think you should look into that. Now, if you are having a toilet that's loose, right? It is a major concern. It's something we don't want to put off. We don't want to put off toilets that are loose for various reasons, because we can start having some major problems, right? This is when you have floods in your bathroom. This is when you have a deterioration to the wax ring, and you can have problems with the suction there. You're going to have a lot of problems with your toilet itself if you don't have a good um, actual connection to the floor itself. So I highly recommend getting yourself called um, these little plastic wedges that can go under your toilet that can help solve the problem. If those two bolts that are going through the toilet into the flange are not working for you, then get yourself spacers, right? Like if they're not doing the job, right? Then get yourself spacers and really do a good job. Bring yourself a level, put a level in the toilet and just make sure they get nice and well. This is a nice temporary solution for renters, for people who are not living in a space for long term. And honestly, for anything around those lines that like you want to do something, but you don't want to put like the financial investment into a brand new toilet and taking the toilet off and do all these things that honestly, you know, a landlord or a maintenance technician should do if you're in an apartment. So that's my hot take on that. So do those go right under the the nuts? No, like the, you don't have to take the the wedges go underneath the base of the toilet. So oh. like, so basically, if the toilet's rocking back and forth, right, mm -hmm. the actual base of the toilet will have gaps when you push in one side, right? This is where you can wedge in those plastic wedges. And that will actually, they're basically just like a, a little wedge for the door, right? Those little right. wedges you put yeah. in the door, they're basically the same thing but plastic. And they can be bent in half and then really get high up too. Like they can bend it in half 
and then slide right under. Nice. If that makes kind of like the sugar packets under a table at a restaurant. Yeah, one hundred percent like a sugar oh, packet. <laughs> That's the best analogy because every single person who's ever been to a restaurant knows that experience. Maggie, you're killing the game here. Um, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think that is. I think often we we look at these things as renters, especially we look at these things where we're like, ah, not, not going to be able to fix that. Not something that I can fix. I don't want to worry about calling my landlord and dealing with my landlord. But in reality, it's actually something that's pretty fixable, even a simple solution, and that we gatekeep ourselves with this knowledge, right? Like, it's okay not to know, and it's okay not to, like, um, be able to put your head around what could actually solve the problem. But I think that we do ourselves a great disservice if we don't give ourselves the credit to even look into it, right? Mm -hmm. So giving yourself... Basically allowing yourself to even Google what the possibilities could be is a struggle for so many people. They don't think they're good enough to even learn that, you know. So I think that that's good to put that information out there and let them <laughs> let the information superhighway do all the work for us. But yeah. Kaya, it's so good to hear from you. Mechanic Thank Shop. Thank you, Kaya. Mechanic Shop Femme is basically the mechanic version of me on TikTok mm -hmm. and otherwhere. You absolutely follow Mechanic Shop Femme. They're an absolutely amazing person. And I had lunch with them a few weeks ago and I learned more about content <laughs> creating from them in an hour-long conversation than I have in a year and a half doing this for myself. So, thank you. Hi, Mercury. My name is Christine. I rent a very beautiful and old apartment, and I have 11-foot, possibly 11-and-a-half-foot ceilings. And I would really like to get a cat tree for my cats, one of those telescopic poles, but the highest that they go is like 9 feet. So how do I fill the two, two-and-a-half-foot void and make sure that it's secure enough for my cats to be able to run up and down it? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to keep talking, but I guess I'm done. Uh, hoping to hear from you on your podcast. Uh, so excited to, to listen in. I have a terrible habit of leaving very long voicemails, so I'm going to talk quickly and get myself off here. Love you all. Bye-bye. Christine is speaking the queer person <laughs> mantra. I'm really bad at voicemails. 100% we all are. <laughs> okay, uh, so we have a question about the telescoping cat trees. You know what they're talking about, right, Maggie? Yeah, I know what they're talking about, and I can't believe they have 11-foot ceilings, first off. Yeah, that's amazing, right? <laughs> I'm so jealous. That's like a renter dream. Uh, you know, my first apartment I lived in, I think I had like a 7-foot ceiling. I could oh, touch wow. it with my palm and everything. So, yeah. like, My old house was 7 feet. Really? So wow. <laughs> um, but as far as like the telescoping cat tree goes, yeah. right? This is a cat tree. Um, I believe the kind that, that, that they're talking about is the kind that's just a straight pole that has like the, the twine, twine wrapped around it, right? That's what we're talking um, about? Yeah, kind of like a fireman's pole, but with wrapped in rope. Yes. Um, so the, that they can climb up. And we're talking about that, that like there's a gap at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a few things here. I wonder what is actually underneath the rope, right? Like I wonder if it's a pipe. I wonder if there's some type of thing that you can, if it's PVC, which I would suspect it's probably PVC, right? Right. Then you can actually get extensions, like reveal the top a little bit, right? Then see if you can get the opening there and then put in uh, a smaller piece of PVC, glue it with PVC primer and then, then put cement glue on top of there once that primer's dry and then put two pieces of PVC together and wrap it in in um, rope and you're good to go. I would also go out and say that you shouldn't ever really have to worry about 
buying this stuff for your cats, right? Your cats don't care how much money you spend on brand names. They don't care. Cats are the most, like, they, they're they fine with thrift store cat trees. They're fine with all of that stuff. I'm a huge believer in doing a lot with a little. So you can go out, get PVC, get a few extensions of these PVCs. You can get the same size, probably, as this telescoping cat tree. And then wrap it up in that twine or that rope, whatever works best for you. I think they recommend twine for cat trees. I'm not positive. Somebody is going to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but basically, you put it all on there. Make sure you put a little beads of hot glue so it's nice and tight for the kitty cat. And then you have an extension at the very end of it. And that's going to get you all the way to the 11 feet. And the extensions, you can look this up on YouTube if you need a visual aid. But they make PVC like connectors, right? That w- basically you have one that has one end that inserts and the other end that takes the insertion. <laughs> and then it repeats the process on the other side. And then you can connect the two together. And that's kind of how you can extend it. So and you can cut that you... with like just a regular um, hacksaw can cut the end of those, those uh, PVC pipes off. How would you recommend um, putting it, you know, against your floor and your ceiling without damaging, say, the ceiling? What would you put up? That is another really great question. So they come, they have PVC um, flange ends and ends, right? Like the ends flare out and have screw holes, right? If you get a piece of wood and bolt it or something, or you connect the wood to the PVC in whatever way works best for you, even screwing it into a piece of wood, right? And then screwing it down the bottom, you shouldn't really, if you get it nice and tight enough, you shouldn't necessarily have to worry about screwing the top off, right? We're talking about an 8, 15, 16 pound cat probably. That's not going to move it as well. Gravity is going to do a lot of the work for you. If you are concerned about it, you mean command strips at the top of that piece of wood on the top end. You know, mirror what you did on the bottom, put command strips on the top. And that's going to be strong enough to hold it in there. You can also screw into there with drywall anchors if you want. But, you know, as a renter, you might not want to do that. But now we'll take a step back and analyze this from a different point of view. Because I'm not positive that's the right route for them. Right? Like if PVC, if we, we're, we're talking all this extensions and we're doing, we're coming up with like fantasy world. A lot of DIY. Yeah, this is a lot of DIY. But they're just talking about a simple solution here. Um, I think... I think the telescoping kind, it has to have pressure on top, right? That's why they're asking, yes. right? I think what you could theoretically do is you can just add a shelf that will go right and hold that nice and tight. Do you know what I mean, Maggie? Oh, You're yeah. adding a shelf right above it that's going to add that pressure. Now, again, you're a renter. So I don't know if you're able to screw in holes in that stuff in there. But I do think you probably could get away with that, you know? Well, and the good thing about having a shelf there is that you can make it into a kitty shelf and maybe put a bed up there that they can... What was the do do do? You know, the kitty. Oh, they like, go on top climbing. of the shelf. Okay. Yeah, like if the kitty gets for, to the top of the pole. For the podcast then... listeners, they don't know this, <laughs> but Maggie just did the cutest little like kitty cat mimic hands right above the shelf. There. Like you acted it out. Like you... Yeah, I forget that people can't see me. I was watching a cat. That's Aww. how good that was. <laughs> okay, but here's another off the wall, dumb, dumb idea that I'm actually like... I'm, I don't know if you can tell, Maggie, but I've gotten, like, excited <laughs> about it. Okay, so if we're talking about, like, tension, 
And always, this is the stupidest idea I've had in a while. It, for those who didn't know, I grew up on a farm. And I got really good at making things work that don't make any sense, right? If we don't want to damage the apartment at all, and we're just talking about tension, what if you get yourself a tension rod close, clo- um, like closet uh, hanger? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those tension rods? Oh, yeah, or rods? like a shower curtain yeah, those, yeah, Yeah, but the ones that go 18 to, to 24 inches, mm-hmm. right? And you can adjust it. I wonder, I wonder, this literally as I'm saying this, this is just levels of dumb I have not thought of before. <laughs> I but, mean, just put a, like a landing pad at the bottom for your but, cat but, just in case. But, but here's the thing though. Here's my thought process. Is that if there's a way to secure the end with a piece of wood and give it a nice solid base, right? If there's a way, even screwing into the top, I don't know. Paint it black. Make it look like it's supposed to happen. <laughs> and then putting the tension between the ceiling and that. I know that sounds silly, but wouldn't that fix the problem? I mean, I can see that even using like the command strip um, suggestion that you gave to, you know, secure them together. And oh, then, yeah. That know. is true, too. Anything that kind of makes it less wobbly. But my my thought process goes to this idea that you might want to just like scrap what they have given you and go a different route because I think that might be the better option. But without knowing what that stupid telescoping cat tree really is made of, you know, if let's say it's not PVC, let's say it's like, you know, some type of cardboard or something. Well, then that's going to be so much harder. You know what I mean? I would hope it's out of something plastic. I would hope it's like something that's pretty straight, sturdy, you know? Um, But also I don't know how thick those are either, you know. I just don't know what kind we're talking about. But that's my hot take. I think we gave enough ideas. So many ideas. That are pretty much hair brand. Or should I say kitty brand. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Stick to podcast making, Mercury. (laughs) Hi, Mercury. My name is Lauren. And um, I don't have any questions. But I just want to say thank you for posting on TikTok. Calling a handyman is a single woman is very intimidating scary and most of the time I get ripped off so it's nice to you know see tips um, on how to fix stuff up and what kind of answers I can get moving forward with how to fix things so I enjoy your TikToks I'm excited for your podcast and good luck I'll be tuning in bye well, Lauren, thank you so much. This is so sweet. Um, I I say this all the time, and Maggie has heard me say this 110 times, but my platform shouldn't exist, right? Like we've said this over and over again. The trans handyman compassion DIY platform that we have built, this brand that we have made happen, only exists because there's people in the world who do do awful things to people and do treat people poorly. Based off of their gender, how they um, present themselves in the world, and how they believe they are to be, right? People make assumptions and adjustments on you and therefore treat you poorly. I have said this over and over again, but I shouldn't exist. When I stopped having to do my job is a day that we are in a much better place in our world than we are currently. So it always brings me sadness when people say, I'm so happy that you exist because I don't feel afraid. That the, the first the second part of that sentence is most important to me. I, Of course, I love the praise I get. I love the support I get. But the second half is really what that breaks my heart, Maggie. We've talked about this a lot about like, you know, 
the reason why we have excelled so much is basically because of marginalization, basically because people don't feel like they have a voice in this industry, and because of like uh, past experiences with predominantly men, right? Um, and it can be really difficult. As someone who's a renter herself, and I've been doing this for 15 years, but I've been renting for just as long. And there's been times I've had people in my apartment, in my home, that I hide every single thing about me that's queer, every single thing that I think might call attention to myself in a, in a way that might not make them happy. And I get really scared of all of that. I mean, I think the fact that you experience these things yourself and you you think this is just what you do, you always think about how other people are always are also experiencing the same thing, right? You think if I'm having this experience, then all of the other people in the queer community, how many people, you know, single mothers, you know, women um, are also having this experience. And I think that's why this platform connects with so many people because it's your experience too. And because you, you can put yourself in other people's shoes and you want them to feel as safe as you want to feel. And they feel that. It's a perspective of coming into this industry from a place of fear and necessity, yeah. right? Like, I think that that's the part that's so hard for me is that, like, I only started this platform because this information was used to, like, essentially harm me. I, I like to talk about it as Robin Hood, right? Like, I grew up in a family where I had to do these things and I had to, yeah. like, learn how to do these things. And if I didn't do these things, my dad was going to be really harsh and awful to me, right? So I had to learn how to do these things. But then when I got to a point where people looked at me like I couldn't be a woman because I was good at these things, it was like such a weird dichotomy where people would tell me, oh, there's no way you're trans because you're too masculine because I knew how to work with a drill. Like, what a sexist belief yeah. system that that is and these are people who call themselves feminist and they believe that it, it's just it would break my soul it would hurt so like now i feel like i'm giving back on that knowledge i'm giving back on that um to the community that has uplifted me and supported me that's yeah. how i feel but i mean this is still it, it's it's rough because I, I, at the same time i'm so happy that we exist maggie you and i <laughs> this is our job yeah. to like to give people this knowledge, but at the same time, it's so sad that this has to be a platform, you know? Yeah. The fact that when I say trans handyman, and there's a group of people who are going, oh my God, isn't that adorable, the trans handyman? And equally, there's another group of people who are just like, why do you have to call yourself the trans handyman? Why can't you just be the handyman? Why can't you just be doing the handiwork? Mm -hmm. And then I want to always push back and say that if you don't understand, then it's not for you. Right. If it doesn't resonate to you, then there's a reason why. Because the whole time, people have catered content to you and you never noticed it. You've never noticed how content is just made for men. Just made for people in this field who are predominantly cisgender men. They don't even think about that being a thing. Yeah. But then, when you're looking at it from a queer's perspective or a femme perspective, and you go... Well, that's just not how I speak. That's not how I talk. That's not how I in process information. That's not how I communicate to others. And then you go, well, yeah, it's just not for you. It's not for you, bro, Bob. You know, leave me alone, Bob. There are enough podcasts out there for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's like, get out of here, Brad. <laughs> so if your name is Brad and you're listening to this podcast and you're a good supporter, I love you. You're great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've definitely have said this many, many times, and I think that you have said when your job will be done when 
you don't, this platform is not needed, right? When everybody can be compassionate, when everybody can be met with compassion, when women and femme people can, you know, be in this industry without feeling ostracized, then, you know, then we can hang up our hats and call it a day. But until then, there's work to be done. Less than 6% of people who are in the maintenance technician field are women, right? That's wild. The number currently that came out one month ago was as low as 4.5%. Now, that's a wild number. 4.5% are non-men. Like, what? That makes so low. That makes me, like, nervous to think about that. You know, like, like it, 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 you are so likely to have a man be the person who shows up at a time. And that's the thing is, it's not a big deal until it is a big deal, right? Because when you have, you know, so much of violent crime against women is from men, that that is, it's a reality for a lot of people. And it's something that for us to really think about and try to process. And also, someone who worked in the industry for so long, there is no protocol about how we enter your home. Not not usually. There are some great companies who do have protocols about how we enter your home, rules and regulations. But most companies, from private contractors to property management companies, don't have anything about how we enter your home. Once we have access to your home or what we do when we're in your home, there's no teaching right? There is no education that comes with how we treat you in your home. You know, there's this assumption of like people being good to each other and being nice to people. That's all you hear. People will just say stuff like in a passive way about like treat others the way you want to be treated. But like that just isn't, that doesn't make sense to me. You're missing a thing. You gotta, you gotta come out and say that you gotta knock three times and then once you open the door, then you got to say you're entering. And then you got to keep your head down, open the door, make sure there's no animals that get out. Like all this stuff should be taught mm-hmm. verbatim, every single thing. If you have someone who has sight impairments, right? And someone who is not able to actually see you come in, um, then you got to make sure that you flash the light a bunch of times so they can they can see you or no, they can hear you if you're someone who is hearing impaired. And if someone that has sight issues, you got to make sure you say things loud enough, right? Like there's different things like that that we should be taught, but we're not taught, right? Like, but we've had to learn this doing it on the job. And you should never have to learn how to take care of people while on the job. It should be something that you are taught, that you go through classes and courses for, and that you can all be in the same page and your baseline is compassion. Your baseline should be compassion. Your baseline shouldn't be, ah, oh, you know, I'm here. You're lucky I showed up. What, what a weird mentality. But that's a lot of people in this field, sadly. As someone who is in this industry for a long time, <laughs> that's a huge majority of the yeah. mindset is people are just mad they're even bothered with, this, with these requests when it's a part of their job. Um, so that's kind of next on the agenda of Mercury Stardust Media, eventually, right? <laughs> to be able to have certifications for this, to be able to teach technicians how to do this. So uh, mental note, Maggie, write this down. Business plan <laughs> next year. <laughs> I want you all to know that Maggie, Maggie's, a, see, I am not a good promo for myself at all. Like, I'm just like, I'm here to do the thing and I'm going to help people do the thing. And Maggie's just like, we got to plug this eight times. We got to do this. We got to make sure you, you, you talk about this. Maggie, I love you. Businesswoman of the year, Maggie. <laughs> Hey Mercury, my name's Cody and I'm from Idaho and I'm very excited about your podcast. I'm hoping 
this is a really good way to get more information out uh, to people who need help, handyman-wise or handyperson-wise. Um, I did have a question. We have a door that doesn't latch anymore, um, and we've checked. It's it's sagging, right, just a little bit, but it's the hinges are giving a little bit, and so it doesn't line up to, um, I don't know what you call it, the lock plate, I guess. So, yeah, it never really closes. Um, and I was just curious if you had any suggestions about the best way to figure out where the problem is out of all the hinges without maybe taking the entire door down and and how to go about fixing it. Um, or should we just replace the door or the hinges or, <laughs> yeah. So there's my question. And thanks so much. One of the very first videos that I ever did that went viral was the door hinge video. Do you, Maggie, do you remember this one? I think so, yeah. Yeah, this was basically the toothpick in yep, the, the whole row. the toothpick and the glue. That is like, it's so funny, the things that I have put on the internet that I don't think that are that mind-blowing, that people have treated like, oh my God, what a great life hack. That isn't a life hack. That's how we <laughs> fix this. We use toothpicks or golf, um, golf tees to put in a hole, essentially, right? So... My thought process is, is that hole for the hinges, for the, the screws go into, are loose. And that's why the door is sagging. That's my thought process. We don't know that for sure. If we don't, I can't see the door. But I think that's probably what happened. So what I think we can do to fix this problem is find what screws are loose. Take those screws off. You know, take the whole hinge out. I mean, make sure you can move the hinge away. You don't need to take the whole door off. You do not have to take the door off for this. You just be able to pull back the one side of the hinge and then fold it. And then take a look at the, the hinges themselves and, and the holes and see if there's any cracking or anything like that. But then you can put in toothpicks and then snip the excess. Now, when you put the toothpicks in, Elmer's glue is the way to go. Um, make sure that there's glue with it. Because then that, that screw that you put back in there is going to adhere with all that glue, adhere with all of that, that the wood, and it's going to push against it and keep it nice and tight. If you don't want to do toothpicks, if that just seems like a pain in the butt to you, then get yourself a golf tee, put a golf tee in there, put a wood glue around there again because you want it to adhere and really become a part of the wood, and then stint the tip off. And then, then you can put the hinge back on where you want it to, and then put the screw back in there. And that's basically going to act as like pressure against the wood when that hole goes in there. And you're going to be able to hold it in there. That would be the route that I would go. Um, I think that that is what they're asking. It right? sounded like to me. Yeah, that's what I think too. Now, I think another aspect of this that is important too is, is the strike plate itself. If you were having, they call it a lock plate. But on the trim, on the, the door frame. There's a little hole where the latch goes into from the doorknob, right? That little hole is called a strike plate, okay? And what we want to do is make sure that lines up really good. If you think it's if you think that your door just keeps on opening all the time and you don't really know why it's not like staying put, put some like marker, like get, like get a sharpie and like rub it on that latch on the knob basically on the door. Just rub it a bunch of times. And get it nice and covered. Even paint will use. Lipstick will be great. And then just try to put the latch there. And mark up the door. Mark up the trim. And see where it is. See where it's actually hitting. Is it hitting below? Is it hitting high? Is it hitting right where it's supposed to? Whatever it is. And that can be a good indication of where you need to move the strike plate. Because if the door hinges are fine. If they are tight. And they are doing its job. And the door is just 
Like maybe it was put in wrong. Maybe, you know, if this was a rental apartment, maybe that strike plate was just put in a bad spot. And that is, honestly, more often than not, the reasoning what happens in rentals. It's just done wrong. Yeah, it's just done wrong. (laughs) As someone who, who like, has been in a lot of renters in her life, I will tell you that a lot of technicians just just skip the skip of making sure that it's done right and will be like, ah, it's on, you know, and they move on to the next job. But make sure that strike place is where it needs to be. You, know, you can carve up the door a little bit and get it to where you need to. You can do that with a with an X-Acto knife or even like a regular uh, hunting knife. We'll just, oh, you need to carve that wood out to put the strike plate where it is. And if you're like, oh, Mercury, you shouldn't tell people to damage their doors in order to do that. I'll tell you what, you won't even really see it. You almost never see it. Um, and most technicians won't even look twice trust me as someone who's been doing it for a hot minute so i have a question i've i've an moved the strike plate before on a door yeah um but the problem that i always ran into was the screw hole the new screw hole was too close to the old one and yep. I, will that um toothpick you know yes trick help with that as well it's a, it's a perfect that's a perfect hack for that right is that like when you're ever you're you're moving stuff, I say you add the toothpicks in there you, with the wood glue and everything. Let it sit for 35, 40 minutes. The longer you let that sit, the better it's going to be, anyways. And then go back over it, and that will do a lot better. But it has to really have its time to cure, to really take up the space before you just put another screw in there, right? Does that right. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Look at that, Maggie asking another <laughs> question, and then me if answering it. If only I could it. teach like you know ten years ago, Maggie. <laughs> trick that would have been great you know what honestly i wish i could go back in time and teach you like 20 year old mercury because Mm, boy she had a heart of gold but you know a few fries (laughs) short of a happy meal maggie (laughs) the way she would fix things she did her very best she information she had at the time she did things i I blame it on the fact that i used to be a boy that's why i didn't know what i was doing My name is Emily, and I have a question for Mercury. Um, In our kitchen, we have a drop ceiling, and due to a plumbing issue, um, like, some of it had to get cut out. And in the drop ceiling, there are, like, little white, like, squares that are drywall, I guess. So, like, two of the little squares are missing. Um, I was wondering if you had any ideas for, like, a cheap, easy fix. It doesn't have to be perfect, but something white that we could stick up there um, that would kind of blend in more than a hole. Do you have any ideas? Thank you. I always tell people if they don't know the answer to something and they're asking a question, it's worth answering, right? Me and Maggie got this voice message and we weren't positive this was going to be a great one to talk about because it's a pretty straightforward answer, right? But... I told Maggie, it was like, you know what, we should answer it. Because if someone's asking a question, that means that they're confused enough not to know the answer. And that means there's other people out there who also don't know. These drop ceilings are kind of universal. Not all of them have exactly the same as plastic drop ceilings. There's ones that have a various different textures to that. But the universal one, the one we think of when we think of drop ceilings... You can get those at almost any hardware store for as a replacement. You can, you can get a square 2 by 2 um, at almost any hardware. Specifically, we looked at Lowe's. And what did we find, Maggie? How much was it at Lowe's? I mean, you can get a 16-pack for like $40. I don't, I don't 
know if they sell it by the individual. They probably do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not very expensive at all. My hot take on all of this is always get more than you need, especially for drop ceilings. I think it's good to have a whole bunch of extras because those ceiling tiles will, will break for the stupidest reasons, you know, but I, I definitely don't recommend, I was joking with Maggie, like putting a piece of cardboard up there and just spraying it white, right? You know, doing it the whole. Yeah, I kind of thought about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maggie was like, I don't know, Mercury. But it's very like me. It's just like, oh, I just get a job done, whatever, you know. Um, but the, the ceiling tiles serve a good purpose. They're great for acoustic reasons, right? They're also great about keeping dust and various things out. They're designed specifically in order to to fit in perfectly, to have a fairly good seal. They're not perfect, but they do a pretty darn good job. So I wouldn't put anything in there that wasn't designed for it. That would be my thing that I would say. I would say, though, that they're fairly cheap to be able to get at most hardware stores, and I would just put that in there. Now, I'm also going to put a disclaimer and say that a lot of times... We don't know the names for things and words for things, and that's okay. I say this all the time, but if we don't know the name of something, it's okay. But we should try our best. Like, if you knew drop ceiling, put drop ceiling replacement in there, right? Like, using those kind of word choices, you might be surprised with what you find, and that might help with a lot, too. Um, so whenever you're, like, you need something replaced, the words you do know, just try your best on Google's and you see what Google's? Wow. How old am I, Maggie? No, girl. The Google? Yeah, try your best on the Google and see what you can find there. Uh, no, but try your best and you'll be, you'll be amazed with what you can find from there. But yeah, you can get replacement for those pretty well. They also make those plastic ones that are, I think, cheaper. That fit, they're a little bit more wobbly and I kind of hate those. I, I, they're a pain about to get in there too. Oh, and if you're, if you're wondering... Oh, Mercury, what if it's not the right size? Because we we want to go over that too. So all of the these the ones that we're talking about, the ones that she's mentioned, she thinks is drywall. It's not drywall, but I forgot the specific material it is. But what it is, it can be scored with an X-Acto knife or any knife, really. You score, you score the back and then you bend it off of where you scored it, right? And then, then that's how you that's how you can cut it. You don't want to like treat it like jigsaw. You don't want to take a jigsaw to it and cut it. You're gonna make a darn mess. But if you use if you just score it gently with a knife in the back, the straighter that line is, the easier it will be to snap it once you you're doing it. But that will make it easier for you to be able to do it. It's like a perforated so edge on the side of of getting one a little bit larger to fit the, sp- yeah. the space that you need. Yeah, exactly. And also know that when you're measuring it, when you're measuring that hole. You're going, it's going to be a little bit bigger than what the hole actually is, right? Because they sit on the sides and the inside square is what you're measuring. You're not measuring the outside square. Mm, right, that the makes, trim. It has, yes. to be, has to include the size of the trim. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Maggie's using good words. Me, me, good. Me, me Mercury, Mercury smart. <laughs> you, you used many good words. It, it's so, I use so many good words. <laughs> I, sometimes I'm amazed that this is my life and this is my living. <laughs> I am so bad with terminology myself and I'm so bad at like uh, knowing the certain words for things. But if you give me 20 minutes to figure something out, I'll be like, yeah, we're going to figure out. Give me some duct tape and some super glue. We got this. <laughs> and, and yet you speak for a living now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay, Maggie. All right, Maggie. Jerk. <laughs> um, I do want to say that I also noticed when we were looking um, at drop ceiling tiles is that they have uh, decorative ones, like brass ones and yeah. like pretty tile ones. So like if you're, you know, sick of the 
drywall looking tiles that you have, they had some really cute ones. I actually like drop ceilings because of that reason. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they're actually, like, we're, me and Maggie just signed a lease yesterday on Halloween, ironically, (laughs) where we're going to be moving into our own studio space for our like whole workshop we're gonna have a sound studio a light studio an actual podcast studio an actual podcast studio we're not you mean we're not Instead gonna of crates yeah okay maggie we don't need to peel behind too, the, too much peel the, the curtain yeah Sorry. maggie how dare you okay for those who don't understand right now we have three totes that are holding up this microphone and this microphone is precariously on three very not so strong totes and we're just hoping to god we just don't touch anything. Yeah, don't It'll touch anything it's fine which is this is ex- this is not the handyman brand in action, Maggie. I couldn't tell you what, but we're gonna be moving in this week, and you know that's something to think about. We could our option is we could get rid of the ceiling tiles and put something different in, you know. Um, but I like open ceilings. That's just my preferred look. I think it looks more polished. I think it looks more, you know. Um, dare do I say sexy, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Sexy ceiling. Sexy ceiling. <laughs> Maggie, get out of here. Maggie, get out of here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. Woohoo. Woohoo. Um, if you have any of your own questions and you want us to answer in f- future weeks, you can call us at 608 608- 205-8768. And you can be on the show too. Wow, look at that. That's audience interaction <laughs> right there. I want to say a big thank you to all our Patreons for making this podcast happen and supporting this so wonderfully. If you would like to also be our Patreon supporter, you can go to my website, mercurystardust.com, and find out more information there. I also want to say a big thank you to my co-host, the wonderful, amazing Maggie Conrad. Thank you for having me. Um, Thank you so much for giving all your tidbits and asking Adding a little bit of humor, but also a little bit of sassy wassy. I do appreciate you so much. Sassy wassy. Sassy wassy. That's your new tagline. If you did burlesque, I would call you sassy lassie the lass. Mm, mm, terrible mm, name. Things to think about. <laughs> Maggie, do you want to perform at the last five star tease? I don't think I can. <laughs> I want you to know oh my that God, no. I gave Maggie a real, like, sincere look, and Maggie was like, absolutely not. But that the be- autism in me could never. <laughs> the- at last minute, no. No. But the very last five star tease will be on December 16th. At Dance Life Studios here in tropical Madison, Wisconsin. Um, my birthday show is also on December 9th. I'm turning 35 this year. Oh my God. Uh, and you can get tickets for those shows right now by going to MercuryStardust.com. And I hope to pack as many people in those chairs as possible and to see this empowering, beautiful um, show that I've been doing for, you know, four years and 138 times. So super happy to be retiring the show and myself from the art form. But at the same time, it's very somber. But thank you so much, everyone who's listening to this podcast. Thank you for your support. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time.